So we're starting a brand new series today. It's called The Pace of Grace. Can you say it with me? The Pace of And uh, being a little bit vulnerable. Is that okay if I be vulnerable this morning? Um, I got this sermon series while in the middle of an anxiety attack. Like while Joshua, the man, was having a moment. I think a lot of times we think that people that you see like on a stage or with a mic or with lights on, uh, like they don't have problems. <laughs> but we all do. You do too. And if you say that you don't, then you're one of the perfect people that doesn't need Jesus. But I, on the other hand, I know I need his grace, okay? So as I was beginning to um, do all this studying, um, it actually happened like two years ago. And I kept trying to bring the sermon series to dad. And I was like, hey, dad, can I teach the sermon series? And like Mufasa, he said, no. So I was like, okay, so when am I going to be able to teach it? And Pastor Martin said, you'll be able to teach it once you go through it and get out of it. I want to promise each and every one of you that I'm going to do my best not to teach a message that I haven't either walked through. And if I don't have the wisdom, I'm going to try to find somebody that does. Because a lot of times in ministerial positions, people teach on stuff that they have no experience in, and they try to get you to live up to an, expe uh, an expectation that they wouldn't live themselves. So for the next couple of weeks, we're going to set out a course where you don't just understand God's play, uh, pace for your life, but that you actually realize what grace is and what it isn't. Is that all right? Is that okay? Let's go to the word. If you're ready for the word, clap once. Here we go, Genesis 3:17. And if you have your Bible, um, it would be great. Uh, if you open it up, take some notes, because what I'm hoping that will happen, um, can you turn me up just a little bit more on the monitors, please? What I'm hoping what, that will happen during this uh, sermon series is that you will actually be able to apply practically what's being taught Sunday to Sunday. And the church said, amen. Let's go to Genesis 3, 17 through 19. For those of you that like to know, it's the New Living Translation. Here we go. Let's read. And to the man, he said, come on, read with me. Since you listened to your wife and... Ate from the tree whose fruit I what? Commanded you not to eat. The ground is cursed. Why? Not because God isn't good. Not because he's not gracious. Not because he's not a loving God. But some of the seasons that we're walking through where it feels like God has forsaken us, many of them, it's because we disobeyed. It would be wrong for me to call myself your pastor if I didn't tell you that some of the hardship that you're walking through is actually because of you. <laughs> Some of the relationships that we're dealing with, the girlfriend, the boyfriend that you don't want anymore. God told you six months when you saw her at Starbucks and you kept like breaking your schedule to go to that Starbucks every single day. You went into debt getting your frappa, coco, mocha, choco, toco, whatever it is to see her. Now you're in a relationship with her. Then you sleep with her. Then like, you're like, oh God, the guilt. God, why didn't you give me any signs? And God's like, I don't, I don't apply my grace to your mess. I didn't die to save you from the sins that you chose in spite of me. I gave you grace so that you can fulfill a purpose, but we're going to get there. Can we keep reading? Everybody say, ouch. It will grow thorns and thistles for you, though you will eat its grains. Everybody read with me verse 19. By the sweat of your brow, will you have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made? For you were made from dust, and to dust you will return. I want you to look at your neighbor and teach them the uh, title of my sermon today. Look at your neighbor and say, why? Are you hiding? Why are you hiding? Many of the things in the church that we want people to lay hands on, we just need to lay down. Like a lot of the stress and the anxiety that you're dealing with is actually brought on by you. You need to go take like several naps. Yeah, and I'm not talking about laying it down on the altar. I'm talking about laying your feet up. Getting in that bed that you paid too much money for that you don't get any rest in. Doesn't that make, that's crazy. Like, that's one of those things, if any homeowners, first-time homeowners in the, in the building, just me. Okay, I see. You want to know one of the most ridiculously priced things in the world? A mattress. The money I'm paying for this mattress, it should literally guarantee that every time I get my black behind in it, it should be like the best sleep ever. But depending on how much you spend on a mattress doesn't give you the quality of sleep that you need. Peace applied to the mattress gives you rest. There's a reason why some people that are homeless on the street, sleeping on rocks and under bridges, have more peace than you. And the church is in turmoil. We're killing ourselves. We're tired. We're restless. You know, we're booked and busy. Like, that's not an anointing. Like, I, I don't want so much business that I can't be a husband to my wife. And what we do in the church is that we take progress and we think it means health. But some things that are overgrown in your body, that's actually called cancer. So then what happens is, is that when we are in the Christian faith, 
when we live in when we live in this like this this rat race when we live in trying to be progressive we realize that we're only trying to achieve because we're actually hiding something that we don't want people to see the house is actually blocking what you're insecure about but, but let me let me let me get back to the word this sermon series i'm not apologizing i'm not sorry you are going to rest Somebody say, lay it down. I'm about to go and lay down. Here we go. Exodus 28 through uh, 11. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work. But the seventh day is the what? Sabbath day. Of Underline this. Rest is dedicated to the Lord. Who? Your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. How much work? How much work? I got to send one email. I got to get on the gram one time. Like, I got to make sure I get this call. Nine times out of ten, if I tell you I'm taking a day off and you got to call me, that's not my business. You didn't plan. If somebody calls you on your day off after you've communicated with them that this is your day off, you should see that as they tried to murder your firstborn son. Because in order for me to be who I need to be Monday through Friday, I need at least one day to not be anything to nobody. But you're so hooked on being everything to everybody that when it comes time to being restful, we're getting annoyed by the silence. I don't, I don't, I don't care. 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 I'm tired of hearing Christians saying that they're too tired once they get the opportunity to do what God called them to do. Too busy doing the stuff that God doesn't want you to do. Once your moment comes, the lights turn on. Now you're too tired to be able to perform. I declare under the power of the Holy Spirit that whatever that thing is that has made you think that you can do it in your own power, that you can get enough hours, that if you get this number, this, this dollar amount, that you'll be okay. There's not enough money in the world worth your soul. There's not enough management in the world that's worth your peace. Somebody say peace. peace. This is going to be really good to you today. I promise you. Just stick with me. Look at your neighbor say, this sermon series will save your life if you allow it. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and what? Everything in them. But on the seventh day, your God, who you, his, in all of his strength, in all of his power, in all of his might, after he created everything, what did he do? He rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. Rest is a commandment because God knew that he would have to fight some of you to agree with him. Think about it. God gives a whole bunch of different commandments. God says multiple times in the Bible, this is what you should do. But then he has 10 of them that he says, you can do all the other ones. But if you do these 10, you'll be all right. Do you find it significant that God puts rest in the same list as trying to cheat on somebody with your wife? Isn't it interesting that God commands you to rest at the same time that he tells you not to murder someone? Because all 10 of them carry the same, uh, they carry the same uh, uh, level of, of weight. If you do not rest in this season, you are going to kill yourself. I really don't need nobody to communicate with me today because I know that I'm talking to you. Because we live in a world where you are, like how good you are as a person is based on how many followers you get, how many likes you get, how big your car is, and how much you sweat. But nowhere in the Bible does God measure your worth based off of your work. Nowhere does God have Holy Spirit promotions based off of a quota of how many people you put hands on. No, God gives you a version of grace based off of the work that he wants you to do. And look at your neighbor and say, you're working too hard. You want to know how you're working too hard? Your reward doesn't match your work. Somebody say, move on, PJ. You're going to rest one way or the other. Either it's going to be voluntary, which is by choice. How many of you have a time of the week you rest? Like, I lay it all the way down. Like, I mean, all, all, I be, as the old folks will say, I get up underneath the bed. You feel, you hear me? <laughs> voluntary rest is necessary because you should have markers in your life, red flags in your life, where you know, you know what? I need to go and figure this out before they get the version of Joshua that's not saved. And any of y'all that are looking at me like, I can't believe he said that. I, I, I know you're perfect. I get it. But I know that there's a version of me that has to be kept down like the Hulk, and the Holy Spirit's the only one that can help me. Because sometimes Joshua would be like, why are you, get out my face. Why are you here? Like, how many of you, how many of you have, have kids? You just justify it. You tell them all the time, sit your narrow behind down before I get your daddy. Well, daddy said I could, well, then go live with him. <laughs> 
Somebody say rest is a command. You can do it voluntarily, which is by choice, or involuntarily is when your body shuts you down so that it can live. This is anxiety. This is depression. This is sickness. This is frustration. Earlier this week, I had a cough. I walked to the office, and I was like, Jesus, please, Jesus, don't let it be COVID. And God, please don't let it be monkeypox or Donkey Kong disease. God, Lord, Lord, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That's how you pray when you were like on your last day. Jesus, Jesus, God, please don't let it be monkeypox. So what did I do? I put on a mask. I went and got a COVID test, right? It wasn't COVID. Talked to my doctor. Had no symptoms. And then I talked to my therapist, and she said, your body is telling you to be quiet. Because your body will give you symptoms that your spirit can't get to you. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm tired. Your body will tell you to take several seats because you think that you're God. And you're not. Somebody say, I want to take voluntary rest. I'm going to go get my, my cuticles taken care of, a facial. Like, you know that that is worship unto the Lord, right? But I'll, I'll get there. There are some things that you want to have lay, hands laid on that you just need to go, and somebody say, take a, take a nap. God rested on the seventh day to take away our excuse of grinding. Three of the biggest lies that anybody ever told you was this. Work hard, rise and grind, get it how you live. All of those are telling you that the success that you have in your life is based off of how much work you put in. That is an equation that is broken. You plus your work does not equal success. You plus the grace of God equals rest, and rest is the success. The way in which you know that your business is working isn't by how much money you have, it's by how much freedom it gives you. You're not, you're not successful if your business makes a million dollars, but you're still working at the rate that you're not even making 10 million. Like, I want to have a business. I want to have a marriage. I want to have a life where I'm able to rest and it keeps working. That's the kingdom, everyone. What your granny told you, work until you're dead, that's not the truth. That's not the gospel. The word of God says that if you come to me, I will give you rest. Not, not, not workflows, not, out, not outlook calendar, not like an application to be able to text message. So working hard is not what God wanted for you. Let me prove it to you. Day one, God creates light. Day two, God creates the atmosphere. Day three, he creates dry ground and plants. Day four, sun, moon, and stars. The next day, birds and sea creatures. On day six, he creates land animals and humans. If you, if, I need somebody, when you hear this, to stand up because I promise you this is going to change your life. The sixth day, he creates humans. On the seventh day, God rests. The first thing that we ever experienced with God was rest. Y'all missed it. It's okay. I got you. I got you, Saffold. I got you. The first thing that you experienced with God was not salvation. It wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't work. God didn't create man on the first day and have him watch him all six days just so he could understand rest. No. God said, the first thing that I want you to see when you come into this earth is me doing nothing so that we can set a pace for you to rest before you work. Somebody say, ouch. Ouch. God said, I don't want to get anything in the way. I don't want you to think that you should try to create before you rest. Before you go on vacation, you should plan how you're going to rest. We go on vacations and book so many things day to day that you come back tired, needing two more days to get right. You should be coming back drowsy because you got somebody say rest. You're working too hard. The first experience we have with God is a full day of somebody say rest. But for many of us, we work too hard. Let me show you. For everything that we do as people, there's a counter to what God wants. If God wants us to have grace, there's this opposite part of it that's called turmoil. Let me explain it to you. So this is like, how many of you guys like my charts? They help you? All right, throw it up. Let's get to work. Somebody say, get to work. There are different types of work that we do as people. Number one, we work to get approval. Oh, I'm in your house today. And you can't fire me. I don't care. We also work to escape. We also work to keep up. We also work to cover. But everything that we do in work takes us away from God's grace. Everything that we do that takes us away from God's rest, it has a purpose. Can I prove it to you? If you're working for approval, your hope is the purpose of being able to achieve something. 
You work hard so you get the promotion. You work hard so you get more money to buy such and such. You work hard to do this to get that. Like, and the whole thing here is that now, based off of this work, you're actually teaching yourself greed. Based off of how much I work, I deserve to go into debt because I can't find rest in my own home. If you have to go out of the country to find rest, we have a serious issue. Your house should be the number one place that you go to for rest. If you cannot find rest in your home, I promise you it's not the devil. It's probably you. Because what you allow to happen will become culture. You don't need to have, everybody doesn't need to have the pop-up culture at the crib where anybody can pop up and then you cook a meal. How many, how many days have you lost off of your life because you are being hospitable to people that have never been, oh, let me, let me, let me chill out, let me chill out. Somebody say, ouch. There's work to escape. No, let me go back. Let me go back. Work to approve. You're hoping to achieve. But what you end up hiding is that you want to be accepted. I'm working hard to get all this stuff. So hopefully my boys that I really don't live up to the level to that I go golfing with, he got a Maserati, so I got to have one to be accepted. Somebody say, ouch. As my granddaddy would say, that height. There's work to escape. The work you do to escape, the purpose why we do this is to get away from something. I'm working hard to get a whole bunch of money because my, my family never had nothing. Or I'm working hard to keep myself because something happened to me physically or sexually in somebody's basement. I'm trying to get away from the pain of what happened. But the problem is, is that when you work so hard to escape and get away from something, what you're actually hiding is the hurt and the pain. So what God would rather you do is deal with the hurt and pain so you don't have to try to get away from stuff and escape from a life that you're actually living. And there are at least seven people here in the room that you are trying everything that you can. You have no rest and no peace because you're trying to undo the past and you can't. If I work hard enough, maybe I can get away from what happened to me. If I work hard enough, maybe they'll forget about the divorce. If I work hard enough, maybe they'll forget about the time when I was strung out on drugs. And here's the thing. The thing that you're trying to get away from, if you learn how to equip it, it's called your testimony, and that will actually set people free. Somebody say, keep up. There's work that you do to keep up. How many of you guys have ever seen that movie called Keeping Up with the Joneses? It's based off of your neighbors, what they have. You feel like you're inadequate because you don't have, so then you go into debt to have, and now you're frustrated because you have. Any and everything that you pay money for outside of your budget is going to cost you more than the price tag, even if it's on sale. That's one of the most ridiculous things ever. Our budget is $1,000. Well, I bought the TV. It was only $700. What, we saved $300. No, you spent $700, goofy. Somebody say, keep up. The work you do to keep up, you do it because your purpose is you're trying to prove something. Trying to prove you're worth it. Trying to prove you're smart. Trying to prove that you're, like, like how many of you know that you're worth it? Some people don't, and they try to achieve everything in their life to get the affection of people who really don't care if they achieve anything. So now you're playing keep up. And because your daddy didn't do it for you, now you're working too hard and you can't do it for them. Y'all said y'all wanted me to preach the truth. Somebody say, preach the truth, PJ. Work that keeps up. The purpose is to prove, but what you're actually hiding is that you feel inadequate. I'm not good enough in this level of my life, so I got to be C-suite. I got to go work Fortune 500. I got to put in 60 hours a week just to prove that I'm a good man. Where actually, if you wanted to, mom, to prove that you're a good woman, it's not just about making meals, but it's actually about being somebody say there. Just be there. But you can't be there if you're out here trying to grind to get something that's not worth anything. Look at the person on your left and your right. The most valuable thing that you have in your life is sitting right next to you. One time we had a, something happen in our family and we were in the car. I remember we were a little kid and uh, we got in a car accident and my, uh, and my dad looked at all of us and we were like, bro, the car. Oh, God, the car. Ah, the car. Oh, God, the car. And my daddy said, everything that I could ever need to lose, is um, I have it. How many things do you covet more than the love that you have from your family? Oh, Jesus. Next time I say cover. There's work that we do to cover. And actually what we're trying to do, the purpose of covering 
is because we're trying to hide something. And what we're trying to hide is that we're insecure. I want you to look, close your eyes. I want you to look in your closet and literally pick out all the clothes that you don't even like, but you bought it because you thought it said something. You know people spend thousands of dollars just to take a selfie on a beach? You don't even like Mexico, but everybody goes to Cancun. You don't even like Spanish. You, like, did you know that some people think that cilantro tastes like soap? Like, why would you put yourself through seven days of tasting soap? Because I want people to look at the gram and see the next seven days of photos thinking that I'm happy and we're spending our time and our energy trying to make people happy who do not have the grace enough to make us happy. So write this down. This is what grace is not. Grace is not God's covering for you to be able to sin. Now that you know who God is, when you say, oh, there's grace for that, there's not. When you lay down with her in bed, knowing that there's grace, you have now told God that everything that you did on the cross wasn't just for me, but now I'm going to pimp it out and abuse it. If you only celebrate your children when they do a good job, you are now creating these holistic terrorists who now will only do things in order to be seen achieving. And we're teaching our children to work hard. And now you got your baby at seven years old trying to make sure that they make it to the NFL, the NBA, or make it to some type of college league, making sure they get a scholarship so that you don't have to pay for it. And what it tells the child is that I was worth getting together physically to make me, but you didn't think enough to take care of me once I got here. And God doesn't think that way. From the moment that you are a twinkling in your mother's eye, your father's eye, before you even hear, everything that you need in your life, God applied grace to it. I want you to write this down. This is what grace actually is. Grace is the divine, unmerited, spontaneous gift of favor for you to complete purpose. Let me say it again. Grace is the divine, unmerited, spontaneous gift of favor to do what? Complete purpose. So if you're working hard and you're not receiving what you, what, you, what you deserve in your work, it might be because you're actually out of alignment. You can work 30 years in a career and have success but have no peace. Like, please hear me. Please hear me. Please hear me. And if it's not good to you, just say out so I know. Because I know I'm reading your mail because God read mine. Because there was a season in my life that I often go back to where now that I'm married, I feel that I have to give Vanessa a level of life that another man that she could have married could give her at a higher level. But I'm not him. And God will never give you grace to be who you're faking to be. He can only give you grace of who you really are. And we have a bunch of people in church who don't know who they are, but they look good. They got a shiny car. They're going on vacations. Yes, you got a lot of bread, but somebody said, you got no peace. I'd rather be broke with peace than have all the money in the world and be tormented and can't fall asleep. And now we got the people of God that are taking Adderall, fentanyl, smoking and drinking, hoping to deaden something on the inside of them that only God can fix. Doesn't matter how much money you have, it won't fix it. Doesn't matter how much sex you have, it won't fix it. Doesn't matter how many naps you have, it won't fix it. Somebody say rest. I need rest in this season of my life. The extra hours that you put in hammering something, the extra hours that you put in typing something in, that's not going to add to your life. It's going to take away the time that you should be writing your own book, that you should be walking with your wife downtown, that you should be playing with your children. The question is this, how much work would add to your life? Does your boss actually care about your bottom line? If you got sick today and died, they would hire somebody before they came to your funeral. But God doesn't work that way. God wants you to be able to work. And somebody say this four-letter curse word, and it's supposed to be easy. I know I'm teaching. You ain't got to say nothing. Point number one is this. Resistance to rest is an act of direct disobedience to God. Oh, you, oh, you don't believe it? The word of God says, uh, 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 what, what, what are some of the Ten Commandments? Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal. One of them is what? Thou shalt keep the Sabbath day holy. So when you think that you don't have time to rest, you're telling God that what he brought you into isn't good enough. God, I got to grind. God, I got to work. You know, like, do you see these bills? And God's like, yeah, I know, I see the bills. But you're living in a house that's 6,000 square feet over what your budget is, bro. Like, what? 
Like, what do we? And as Christians, we're the worst ones. We live outside of our means and try to call it a blessing. Look what the Lord blessed me with. It's not a blessing. You now have a card note, and you can't pay for man men to go to college in 10 years. But it's clean. price of gas right now. Shoot, I'm going to start riding a bike, Vanessa. Is this good? Grace is the divine, unmerited, spontaneous gift of favor. So pace is the speed set to ensure completion of a task without stress or strain. Pace is a speed that is, somebody say set, to ensure complete completion of a task without stress or strain. Genesis 1:28 says, then God blessed them and said, read it with me, be fruitful and multiply, do what? Fill the earth and govern it, reign over the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. I want to read it again. I want you to underline these because this is the pace of grace for your life. This is going to be the blueprint for the next couple of weeks. Here we go. Then I want you to underline God bless them. Then I want you to underline be fruitful and multiply. Then I want you to underline fill the earth and govern it. Each of us were given the same three things that Adam and Eve were given in the garden. Listen, what does he tell them? He gives them instructions, which is what to do. Be fruitful and multiply. That's your job. That's what we call purpose. The reason why we need you to find purpose is so that you don't waste your time and your energy and the best years of your life chasing something that's just your preference and not what God wants to give you power in. I can't tell you how much it breaks my heart when I'm talking to people over the age of 40, 50, and 60 that now realize that they've been doing something for the last 40 years that they're not called to do. Now listen, I ain't gonna cap. Yes, it puts food on the table. Yes, it gives you money in the bank. But now you can't even remember the last 30 years of your life because you've worked them to death. Then when you work for 40 years, they give you a cup and a plaque that costs them all of $20. And you get a pat on the back. If I've worked here for 40 years... I should be able to drink all the Coca-Cola I want. If I gave Walt Disney 30 years of my life, oh, I'm riding every ride as many times as I want to. I'm cutting. I'm pushing over chill. I don't care about grandma. I'm pushing you out the way. Why? Because based off of the work that I put in, the world tells me that I'm supposed to have a reward. But the kingdom doesn't work like that. The word of God says that you will gain houses that you didn't even build. It says that you will gain land and you will reap the harvest of places that you didn't even sow. So the kingdom actually works backwards. The way in which you get more, write this down, is actually by resting. Want your baby to get into school? Chill out. Well, you don't want me to apply to school? How many of you in the room, you found out that somebody applied for you and you got something you didn't even apply for? How many of you got a loan for more than what you actually were able to get and you were able to buy a house that was way below, above you and you're not, you don't feel it at all? How many of you were given a car? How many of you found your wife knowing how dirty you were as a person? Oh, don't do that, bro. Oh, I'm on your head, bro. You know you're not the one that she should have married. But God's grace. It's not because you're sexy. It's not because you're good in bed. It's not because you have money. What grace does is it stands in front of everything that Joshua isn't and allows her to be attracted to me through God's grace. I want you to take two seconds and lift your hands and thank God for all the stuff that you know you don't deserve, but you got because of his grace. God, I thank you. God, I thank you. The woman I got, it's not because I'm beautiful. Thank you for sending me, Vanessa. You knew what I needed for my purpose, God. Thank you. The first day that we spent with God was resting. And God gave man work, then he gave him autonomy. He didn't look over his shoulder to make sure that he was doing what he was doing. That's why you hate your boss. Because when I look over your shoulder, after I give you instructions... I'm telling you, I don't trust you. God trusts you to build a life that you can manage. God doesn't desire for you to live a life that's top heavy or bottom heavy, where now you're trying to rob Peter to pay Paul to make sure that you can keep the lights on in your house. It's okay. It's all right. Gave him instruction. The next thing that he gave him, some might say, is his blessing. His favor to do it. Then he gave him parameters. That's where to do it. So instructions, be fruitful and multiply. Then, okay, so 
How am I supposed to do it? Oh, don't worry. I'm going to bless your work. So God blesses your work. You'll be blessed to be fruitful and multiply. So that means that if Adam and Eve tried to supply and subtract, they wouldn't have been blessed by God. Because God only applies blessing to the purpose that he gave you. So this is why your children, if they desire to go to school, they need to be in the right program. Teach your children to follow what they love before they follow what can pay them well. Because if you follow what you love, I promise you, there's money in it. I get offers all the time because I kept my LinkedIn up of jobs that are literally double the salary of what I'm receiving now. But every time that I give that over to God, money comes out of nowhere. I'll have to believe it when I see it. I need six people to stand up on your feet. If you look at your tax return, you found money that you didn't even make. Where did this money come from? How do I, how do I not account for 25 grand? Like you mean to tell me we bought two cars, went on four vacations, bought a house, and we still got money over that we can give? You mean to tell me also that in our giving and our tithing, we gave two times as much last year. Now we're giving more than 25 to 30%. Now what you can do is sometimes people will try to figure out how to spend the money. Now you're figuring out how can I work to figure out where this money came from. But you can never account for what comes to you in the spirit. Look at your neighbor and say, it ain't fair. You should look at all your people that don't know God and say, favor ain't fair, bro. My God takes care of me because he's God. Not because I'm, aren't you, how many of you are glad that God doesn't bless you according to how good of a person you are? Oh, y'all fake. Y'all fake. Y'all, y'all real fake. How many on this side? Like, I'm, if you, Mr. Hollins, if you knew who I really was when nobody was watching me, and God blessed me based off of who I am at nighttime, oh my God. How many of you are glad you don't look like what you walked through? Somebody scream grace. If this is good, I only need six people to say this is good, PJ. All right, I got like 20 of y'all, so we're going to go 17 weeks of this. All right, here we go. Your level of grace dictates the speed of your pace. There's a reason why you're not tired in what looks difficult to other people. There's a reason why. You want to know what my, one of my biggest pet peeves is? Is when people that don't understand the assignment that God put on my life tell me that I'm tired. It's one of my biggest pet peeves. Your level of life makes you tired, but God has called me to be something even greater. Oh, you think you're better than me? I didn't say that. I've just found the pace of grace for my life. Everybody clap with me. Ready? Clap. Stop. Now I want everybody to clap based off of your own sense of rhythm in your head. And white people, just stay with me just for a second. All of you unrhythmic black people that didn't get the juice, I understand. We all ain't from the same thing. I know some black people can't cook. But I want everybody to clap. Ready? Go. What happened? Before, we were in sync, and you were able to dictate what was happening. Afterwards, everybody was doing whatever they wanted to do, and there was chaos. You need a pace of grace in your family so that each one of your little uh, nappy-headed children can figure out what purpose they're supposed to do so that you guys don't walk over each other trying to do what each person has done. The reason why you need to be sanctified, Holy, uh, Holy Spirit-filled, is so that the Holy Spirit can tell you in your life when you need to sit down. If we can believe God for a word and getting more money, we should also be able to hear the Holy Spirit say, hey, Joshua, you need to take several receipts, bro. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't need to sign this contract. Even though it's going to give you financial freedom, you're not going to rest for six months. You're not going to sleep for the next six months. You're not going to be able to eat for the next six months. And we will, Miss Javon, begin to weigh peace, progress. Rest, rest, more. And we're gambling with our lives. Look at your neighbor and say, stop hiding. <sighs> Genesis 3, 6 through 7. After Adam and Eve were in the garden, it says that the serpent shows up. It's not biblical. The serpent was always there. He existed. A lot of people say, well, did God create evil? Did, did God create bad stuff? Eh, no. But what happens is, is that he gave every single person preference. He gave every single person a free will. And God cannot work against your 
free will. If you make a decision that you want to be a murderer, there's not enough grace to save you. I want to debunk something that the church has told you that's a lie. You cannot pray hard enough to sanctify somebody that doesn't want to know Jesus. So mama, because in the black community, brown community, and even the white community, mama and grandmama, y'all been praying for a long time for God to save your nephew who doesn't want nothing to do with God. Instead of praying that he comes to Jesus, your prayer should be, God, just cover them. Because God's grace can cover over people even in their ignorance. But we hurt people when we try to get them to live up to a standard that they don't want to. I know it's, I'm sorry, can I just be honest? There are some people in your family that you're going to have to ask God for the grace to release yourself from. Well, if I don't take care of him, who's going to take care of him? He's not adding to the peace in your home. you got to figure this out. Your nephew is tearing up your house, ma'am. Well, he's my sister's, my sister's baby brother. But he's smoking in your house. He's doing all type of hell and high water into your home. You can't sleep. You're seeing stuff walking in the crib. You go to the bathroom and see a figure. And now you're not doing it out of love. You should not be obligated to give up your peace to make rest for someone else. Somebody say, ouch. Ouch. There are some people we can't afford to go on double dates with. Why? Because the cost of our rest at dinner, I don't want to have to counsel. I want to go to dinner and enjoy what I'm eating and not have to be pastor at 7 p.m. on a Saturday night. Because then what will happen is you can't take care of me. Now i got to drive all the way home explain to Vanessa why this time, I'm sorry, baby, I told you we were going to go hang out with some other people, but I lied to you. And now what was supposed to give us rest now gives me a headache. And now all the stuff I'm supposed to do as a husband when I get back to the house, you feel what I'm saying? Now I can't because now... I'm confused on whose life am I managing. Right now, under the power of the Holy Spirit, I displace every single person in your life that you feel you are responsible for. I'm not responsible for you. How many of you are the strong-willed child in your house? You're the firstborn. You release yourself from having to break the curses on people's lives that they put themselves in. That's not my job. It's not my job. My job is not to help you grow up. Grow up. Well, you're being selfish. Yes. I am. When I get to heaven, I got to count. And I can't miss purpose because I was working my behind off trying to do for another person what they won't do for themselves. I refuse. Somebody say, I refuse. The other half of you say, ouch. And if I'm talking to you, don't say nothing. Genesis 3, 6 through 7, it says, the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful. Then she wanted, then after she wanted, she took then after she took, she gave. And then her eyes were open. Then they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. This point is going to set at least 15 people free. And after I make this point, don't be frustrated when the person sitting next to you takes off running. The pattern of rest, enemy, the, the enemy of your rest is actually distrust. Every time you don't rest, you're telling God you don't trust him to be God. Every time you go and get a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh job, every time that you try to figure out another way to make a dollar, make a dime, what you're telling God is, I don't trust you to be a provider. The reason why Adam and Eve fell isn't because of greed. It's because Adam and Eve did not trust that God that just said that you can eat of everything out here except for that one. They didn't trust that when God said don't eat from that one that he actually meant what he said. And we think the same thing. We think that we can go and dibble and dabble in sin and think that God's going to come and save us. But how many of you, because of your testimony, you know there's some stuff that you walked out of, walked into, you had to walk out of it by yourself. God didn't, okay, all right, y'all y'all really acting perfect. There's some stuff that Joshua walked his, his self into that I was looking for God to save me out of, and God said, oh, no, dog, I'm going to stand right here at the entrance that you walked in. Come on, bro. Come on, walk out of there. Come on. No, God, just break up the relationship. Oh, no, dog. You asked her. You got to break this thing off. And, you know, we do this stupid thing. It's not, it's not you. It's me. And church boys are the worst ones to, to date because this is what happens. Like, I just feel like the Holy Spirit's doing something in my life that I need to go through a season of singleness. And now we have women whose hearts are broken because they believe that the God that was on the in you was God, but it was actually pride. Somebody say rest. Oh, y'all going to sleep. Y'all ever, anybody else get whooped as a kid? Remember that nap you got after getting whooped? Everybody do it together. It starts like this. <laughs> then what happens? You, you, you wake up smelling some more than pork chops and rice and gravy. And your, grand, and your parents, how many of y'all got whooped by parents and they were wrong? And instead of your parents saying, I'm sorry, what do they say? Come on down and eat. <laughs> ah, 
No, you were wrong, Mom. Come on, fix you something to eat. Now you're downstairs with the swollen eyes trying to eat. Aaron, I'm becoming a comedian if this ministry thing doesn't work. Somebody say they didn't trust God. The enemy of your rest is distrust. God's favor on our lives will immediately stop when we make the decision to step out of his pattern of life. Let's look at it. Let's look at it. Let's look at it. There's a pattern. Somebody say she saw. The woman was convinced. She was convinced. Somebody say she was convinced. Eve allowed for her surroundings to persuade her into believing she could be a better something over herself. Let me pop your bubble. We are terrible masters of ourselves. The worst manager in the world of people is you. How many of you trust yourself to lead you? Not a hand went up. Not a one. Not a one. Not even anybody in pride. Because you know, we're terrible masters of ourselves. The reason why is because we will all submit our lives to something. For some of us, it's nicotine. I can quit tomorrow. Can you? For some of us, it's lying. How many of y'all know somebody right now, a bald-faced lie? Like, you don't, as soon as it come out their mouth. Well, yesterday, no, it wasn't yesterday. I bet you it was tomorrow. And tomorrow's not even here yet. <laughs> We're terrible masters of ourselves. So if we can't manage ourselves, then we add these things into our history called slavery because we think that we can master other people. Isn't it interesting when you go back to the word, it says, be fruitful and multiply. Nowhere in that scripture does God give man power over woman. It's good Baptist church. It was good Kojic church. But then what we'll do is we'll take scripture and misspeak it and say that women can't teach in the church. But it's never been said anywhere. How many of you know that your life has been covered because a woman was praying for you? Okay. Also nowhere in the Bible does it say that the wife's job is to deconstruct her man with her mouth. Oh, women love when I talk about women. Then they're like, oh. So, bro, be very careful while you're dating her. If you're trying to order something that you like and she starts ordering for you, she's telling you something. When you no longer have time to spend with your family, she's training you so that she can be your mom. Look at your neighbor and say, ouch. That's what we should have called this sermon series, ouch. We're going to be saying that a lot this week. Somebody say she was convinced. Adam and Eve were convinced that God wasn't good. Then she saw her eyes went away from assisting her husband in purpose and from God as her provider to what she thought she was missing out on. One of the biggest reasons why you have anxiety is because you think that the grass is greener. And the only reason why your neighbor's grass is greener is because they invested in it. Let me, let me pause for the cause here right quick, Mr. Mason. My grass looks how it looks because of how I take care of it. I don't know about you, but the way MUD is set up, I'm not spending no water, water in my neighbor grass. I don't care how, how generous you want me to be. Like, it's expensive. But I can't be frustrated when my neighbor's yard is luscious and green, but I have never turned on my sprinklers. One of the easiest ways to get rest is to tend to your own garden. Instead of looking at the family across the street, you might need to turn off Instagram and build your family. You should begin to look at your husband and say, I don't care about what I see. You're the best man for my life. You're the purpose one for my life. Look at your babies and stop trying to, like, like tell them that they should be like Johnny down the street. If you wanted Johnny down the street, you should have had them. Your children were given to you because God blessed you to know, when I give you these two, these two are necessary for you to fulfill purpose. How many parents in the room would stand up to your feet and say, I could not fulfill purpose without my family? God gave me the right amount of kids. I got two kids. This is it. You named them by name. And the reason why God blessed you with them is because there's a level of life you would never be able to reach had you not married who you married, had you not went to school where you went to school, hey, 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 had you not made the mistakes that you made. Some of the biggest mistakes of your life have actually made you more anointed than you would have been had you not made them. So, Pastor Joshua, you tell me I should go make some mistakes? I'm not saying knowingly, but I'll tell you this. Everything that Joshua walked through, if I told you, it would disqualify you. But it would disqualify me. But I'm telling you, everything I walk through actually makes me more anointed to do this. Because it keeps me as a pastor in the forefront telling you that I'm not perfect. And I refuse to be a person in ministry 
that makes you believe that I'm perfect. I'm far from it. I make mistakes every single day. I made mistakes today during worship. So as long as I know that there's grace on my life, I'll never try to give you an imposter that's not me. God blesses not who you're trying to be, but somebody say who you really are. After she was convinced, she saw the fruit. After she saw the fruit, she wanted it. After she wanted it, she took it. After she took the fruit, now she gave the fruit to her husband. There is some anxiety that you have in your life that's actually been shared by people that you commune with. Any of you have any friends, family members, or your children come home with a spirit that's unfamiliar? Your kid comes home and starts asking questions like, how are we going to pay for the lights? Wait a minute, there's never been a day that the lights have been off. Who, who are you hanging out with who thinks like that? Like, you need to start becoming a Walker, Texas Ranger in your crib. What did you say? We got enough money in this house. Don't do that. We don't play that game. I give too much. I'm too generous in God's kingdom to have lack in my life. Some of you today should go and use your budget not to go on vacation, but to fix the in your car. Repaint your house. Fix your sidewalk. Pick your weeds out of your garden. Because what we do is we go on vacation away from our place of rest because sometimes the work it takes to clean it up is too much. But the reason why you have grace is because your life, as messy as it is, you don't have enough to clean it up. There's not enough prayers that you can pray to take sin away. There's not enough tithes and offerings that you can give. You used to sell crack in the 80s, like giving your tithe and go fix that up, bro. That's why God gives you grace. This is how grace works. As I am as a person, dirty and unclean, what God does is instead of looking at me, he put himself personified in this thing called grace. So when God sees me, he sees sin. He sees frustration. He sees pride. He sees a person that's ugly. He sees a person that somebody say unholy. But what he does is he sends Jesus to die on the cross. Once he dies on the cross, once I receive him, he puts this thing on me. This is grace. So now when I come to the Father and I pray for things, he doesn't see me. He sees himself. How many things in your life would change if you knew how to present God back to himself? God doesn't like when we pray and we beg. That's why this next sermon series we're doing it all about prayer. We're going to teach you how to pray, how to really pray and not beg for things. Begging is this. God, I don't know where the money going to come from, but if it be your will. I can't, like, it, it, like, it makes me sick. It makes my skin cry. If it be your will, God, take this headache away. You want to know what gracious prayers sound like? God, you said in your word I would never be sick a day in my life. Well, God, Josh, you're talking to God kind of harsh, aren't you there? Yes, I am, because I'm a son. You ever seen a son and a father passionately get into an argument? They're not fighting. They're communicating. Huh? If my daddy told me X, Y, and Z was going to happen and it didn't, I have a right to say, Martin, you said, you said we were going to get ice cream this weekend. That's what you said. But now work has taken over what you said. And now what you did to your kids at age seven, at 17, they want nothing to do with you. Because now I can't trust you to be a man of your work. So the reason why you need grace is to keep you on the straight and narrow. Somebody say, I need grace. Is this too much? Y'all want, want somebody else to come and teach next week? Exodus 20, 8 through 11. Remember to observe the Sabbath, keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work. God is... God is... I just got this. What, what are you going to do in 24 hours that you couldn't do in six? <laughs> like, what, like what, are you, what are you going to do all on Saturday that you didn't do Monday through Friday? You want to know the biggest and the hardest expectations that are set on you? Guess where they come from? You. If I don't do this, then they're going to think. Guess what? And this is the re I hate these, this type of thinking. I hate, like, I, you know what I'm talking about. In the, like, I, I hate it. It, like, it, it cooks my grits. It cooks my grits. 
When we as the body of Christ or as people don't do something because of what we assume somebody else is thinking. I know that there are many people in this room, you've done stuff and not done stuff because you assume I'm thinking something. Let me pop your bubble. I'm not thinking about you. I don't care. I could care less. Look at your neighbor and say, I got bigger stuff to do. I, got, I have a life. I ain't worried about your dress. I ain't worried about your purse. I ain't worried about your vacation. Like, I'm trying to make $10,000 more and, like, appear out of nowhere. Like, every person that you think you're trying to keep up with doesn't care about what you're building. So you should write this down. You should only build with those who feel led to build with you. You should start asking those questions. Are you here to help me? No, I just want to give you some advice. I'm cool. You don't have... You want to know what buys you the right to give me advice? Is when you help me take care of my life. Somebody say last one. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Genesis 3, 8 through 11. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord. Somebody say they heard the Lord. They heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So what did they do? They hid from the Lord. Not sure how you hide from somebody that's all-knowing. He's everywhere. He created you. It's kind of like when your children get quiet, what do y'all do as parents? What are y'all doing? Because a quiet child is a child that's getting into something. They're either in the corner pooping or they're about to like burn something down. And all the parents said, amen. You can't believe I said it. It's the truth. It's the truth. And your baby, kids and AWC kids are dealing with your rotten child right now. No, we, we, love your, we, we love your kids. The cool evening breezes were blowing. The man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they did what? They hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to man, what? Where are you? I want you to write this down. Last point. God can't heal what we won't reveal. God is a gentleman. So what that means is, is that if he sees an area in your life that's all jacked up, he's not just going to heal it. God only heals what? What you reveal. How many marriages would be fixed if we were just honest with God? God, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know her. We didn't even date. She doesn't know me. Now we got some kids. Like, how, how, how much would your money actually work if you actually went and hired a CPA to help you? Went to an actual financial advisor, not Pookie and Ray Ray. Well, what you need to do, cuz, if you need to take 5000 go over here, flip that, bring that over to Rod, you flip that, and you come over here, buy a condo, flip that, then you just give half to me, and we good. <laughs> Pookie ain't got a, if he had some money, he would fix his teeth in his mouth, he would have a car. Pastor Joshua, you're judging. I'm not judging. I'm just telling you that when you get up to heaven, God's not going to ask you how you took care of their house. He's going to ask you, how did you take care of yours? Well, God, I made $10 million. Yeah, but your children are over the city. They don't, love the, they don't love me. Yes, you gave them money and you gave them a trust, but they're not following purpose. How many kids are in the NBA right now that actually want to be doctors? How many kids are in the military right now that actually want to be pastry chefs? And we crush their dreams when we say there's no money in that. Now you're telling them that they'll never be able to rest a day in their life. And for many of you, you're sitting in this room right now. Somebody lied to you, and for the last 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years, you've been working yourself to death because you don't even know how to rest. But I believe that if you reveal the space in your heart and what you're hiding from God behind your grind, wake up and grind. No, you're hurt, bro. You don't know how to get over the fact that she left you, fam. You don't know how to get over the fact that it didn't work out. You don't know how to get over the fact that you lost the job or you got fired. So now you're working super hard to make up for something that you're hiding. And this is what the word of God says. It says that God asks Adam and Eve a question. He says what? Where are you? This is not a geographical question because God knows where they are. God knows where you are. I think God asks them this question because he wants them to reveal that they don't know where they are. I, this is theory. This is not biblical. This is just theory. If God is gracious and he can put us back into the place and restore us now, I don't think that that was a new feature that came with us. I think he could have restored Adam and Eve. Let's replay it. 
if Adam would have said, if God would have said, Adam, where are you? What if Adam would have said, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know where I am. I don't know. I messed up. I ate the apple you told me not to. I know I shouldn't. I wasn't supposed to. Like, I know I wasn't supposed to. And like, I, know, I, I don't know anything else. And I didn't trust you. But God, I, tr I trust you now. Would you forgive me? What if, what if that would have been the story? Rather, Adam does nothing. And I feel like God is calling out to many of you right now, asking you, bro, what are you hiding? Why are you working so hard? Everything you need, I told you I would supply. You don't need a promotion to be able to take care of your family, fam. Like, I, I am the alpha and the omega. Don't you remember in six days I created the little paper money that you got from the tree anyway? Like, don't you think that I could give you more of it? Like, I, I'm a God that doesn't know resources. I'm a God that has no limits. Like, I'm the one that's actually taking care of your wife and your children. There's nothing that you can do. Like, I gave them to you to take care of, like, but they're still mine. But no. He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. I want you to underline this. And God tells Adam, who told you that you were naked? You're not supposed to know pain. You're not supposed to know struggle. You, like, I'm not talking about, like, you. Look at yourself and say, me. Sister in the back is like, how, like, you're not supposed to know anxiety. You're only supposed to know, somebody say rest. He says, have you eaten from the, how, from, from, from the tree whose fruit I command you not to eat? And many of you in the room today are hiding. And you're working hard trying to cover up the areas in your life that only God can cover up. You don't need more hours on your paycheck. You need God's grace to rest. So this is how we're going to do it. If there's anybody in the room, and, I'm, and I know it might only be two people, but if you know, I'm tired. And you ain't, you ain't got to say it. Like, don't look at your, I'm tired of you. Don't do that. Don't, you got to ride home with buddy. Don't do that. But if you're tired of trying to keep up with people, I want you to stand. If you're tired of trying to hold it all together. Like, you're the person in your family everybody brings their problems to. Like, I... Like, you don't even know what your favorite color is anymore because you've been taking care of mama, grandma, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, everybody. Like nobody, can, like, nobody ever asks you, how are you doing? They only ask you how you're doing so they can get some money. But we're going to talk about all of it. If you're tired, stand to your feet. If you're having a hard time sleeping at night, you have no peace in your life. Like, you can't rest. If you're worried, if you're sitting in the middle of something right now that seems almost impossible, I want you to stand to your feet. Don't be afraid. It's okay. Do it, do it scared. Do it with tears. I want to talk to you just for a second. I don't, want to, I don't want to miss anything. You deserve for your heartbeat to be constant. You deserve that when you wake up in the morning, the first thing that smacks you in the face is not what you got to do or what you got to take care of. What you deserve is not necessarily for all your problems to go away because that's not biblical either. God doesn't just take your problems away. Sometimes he gives you tools to take care of them. But what you deserve to have is hope. You deserve to wake up every single day knowing that there's a God that loves you enough in the mess that you're in. The word of God says that he makes me lie down in green pastures. But two sentences before that, Conda, it says that he prepares a table for me. Where? In the presence of my enemy. The reason why, God, and we're going to teach you on this, the reason why God has to set a table in the presence of your enemies is to tell your enemies that regardless of where you put me, I'm going to grow. How many of you know you got that anointing? You should be dead, but it's working for you. Like, you're prosperous in areas of your life. Like, I don't have the degree. I know I'm not smart enough. Like, I'm going to start talking about marriage. I don't deserve Vanessa, but God loved me enough to give me her. Thank you, Lord. Right here where you are. I want you to lift your hands and just receive rest. Well, Pastor Joshua, that seems simple. <laughs> it is. <laughs> just receive it. Oh, like open it. God, I don't, I can't, I can't carry this. I'm trying to provide for a marriage. God, you gave me this man. You gave me this woman. So you take care of them. Some of you are worried about what your children are going to eat tomorrow. You're worried about what you're going to wear. And now instead of resting, now you're worrying. Is there any person in the room you're dealing with with worry or anxiety or depression? I want you to stand as well. 
and we're going to pray. And after we get done praying today, what we're declaring is that you would walk out of here and that peace would follow you everywhere that you go. Well, Pastor Joshua, the situation around me hasn't changed. You don't need the situation to change to have peace. Yeah, you don't need more money in the bank, Mr. Chandler, to have peace. God says, peace I give to you. All you have to do is receive it.